three European teams played their first games at the Qatar World Cup. Two of them, England and the Netherlands, secured victories, while Wales avoided a loss thanks to a penalty by Gareth Bale. With their 6-2 win, England made a good declaration on the title race. The Netherlands' 2-0 win over Senegal was much closer, but same valuable for the team that missed the tournament in Russia four years ago. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Hey, so first I want to congratulate congratulate the three lines for such a big win <laughs> as the opener of the tournament, which is not really mm-hmm. very rare. Yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, one of the reasons why I like this sport so much, why I follow. So many things, such as football, MMA, what have you, is you can study the form all you like. You can look at previous games, history, whatever. You can still be completely wrong. You can still be surprised. This performance is basically the complete opposite of anything I expected, and it's also one of those performances where you can look at it and say, "Okay, it's only Iran." Mm-hmm. And even if you want to say, okay, well, Iran, top 20 team, one of the strongest in Asia, I yep. believe officially number two behind South Korea or something. Mm-hmm. Either way, yeah, sure, it's not top top level talent. But when it's six goals, each with a different scorer, all of them very impressively staged, Harry Kane supplying, what, two assists, I think it is, Several, such as Raheem Sterling, getting their first international goal, um, particularly in a first game, which is normally where England stumble the most and set themselves back. Um, I was very, very impressed. I want to say, uh, although this again, like I said, a big win. The process, especially in the first half, was. Nicer for English fans to watch because,、mm-hmm. uh, to me, it is a typical solution to how to remove the bus parked by the opponents who are weaker than you in from the goal. Because the first three goals, I believe, the first one was a cross from the two wings. Second one was a free、yep. kick, and that is exactly what England need to do when they have to score in front of such kind of solid defense with actually,、um, say. Maybe as the as similar similarly good physical conditions opponents.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's completely spot on. A thing which I was really impressed with at the start is particularly the right wing, Bukayo Saka and Jude Bellingham. The way they creating space, creating opportunities. You know that first goal. It was Bellingham coming off Luke Shaw. You know Luke Shaw is a left back, so he basically ends up being in that position because they dragged so much of. Iran out of the way that they had acres of space to play with, and that's the exact kind of thing because it's it's one thing to brute force your way through a defense like this. You know they work very clearly set deep with the intention of holding off a direct attack, and instead bombing in from the right wing, then creating opportunities from the left. And that way, you're basically leaving them confused to just. Tear them apart completely. That's exactly what you want to see from a team like this in, in a tournament like this.、Um, the second half, you are right, it did kind of calm down a little bit, but that was because we were already three nil up, and it's hard to maintain that kind of、uh, energy all the way through. But then Bukayo Saka gets his second, 
Then with Taremi getting that one where he just kind of sprinted through and smashed it in, it felt as if the game was over, but Iran were going to keep fighting. So Southgate was wise, and basically, I believe in the 70th minute, he made all five of his substitutions at once, which took off a lot of the attacking talent, but then allowed... Um, I think the new front four was like uh, Phil Foden, Marcus Rashford, Jack Grealish. Yeah, pretty much. The um, Callum Wilson. Yeah. yeah, right. Brought them on with a basically set them up to be okay. We're already four one ahead. Just, just have fun. Just get out there. Just stretch your legs. Build on things. Rashford gets that fantastic goal after like three touches. Mm-hmm. Um. Grealish gets that nice one as well towards the end where it was one of those goals where he was like a step behind the ball or so, but he had the presence of mind to kind of stop, pull it back, find his space. You know, overall, it was a very, very impressive performance. Mm-hmm. Um, even Harry Maguire did well. He almost got that goal towards the start where he hit the crossbar. He got taken off because of the concussion protocol towards the end. Um, and it's, again, like I say, the amount of shocks and things that we could not have predicted. I am now hoping Harry Maguire gets well enough to get back in the squad because of how good he played in this game. You know, yeah. after everything we've said about him, Southgate seemed to have made the right decision, which I'm inc- incredibly happy about considering how much doom and gloom came out of the Nations League. That's true. Never would have predicted this. And, you know, we look at the other teams in the group. I was I was thinking to myself maybe we're going to finish second, struggling for third place, based on how Wales and USA played. Mm-hmm. I think we'll do all right. Mm, I believe so too. Uh, I think what happened in this game uh, helped me learn the following things. First, Bellingham is not staying in Dortmund next season. Maybe next season, but maybe the season's on the way. <laughs> and also, Southgate has it now. He can tell those who criticize him and Maguire. For putting Maguire in the national team, that okay, what else do I have to say after what he did in this game? The guy was remarkable, <laughs> and also this is a sign that uh, remember the last World Cup and the Euros last year, England were doing well. I know, yeah, that they didn't win the title, but they made the semifinals in Russia and then they made the final in the Euros. But their biggest problem problem for me is that. After their say regular tech, um, offensive tactics didn't work against Italy, against others, they didn't really have a backup plan. They were like, "Okay, we're mm-hmm. not gonna right. score, so let's just drag on and see what happens." That's very negative or not initiative, not positive uh, enough. But since now you had Gralish, you have Foden, you have these guys who came off the bench and scored in such short notice. So I think now this. Is Actually, a good backup plan. They say it's a second solution when your first solution didn't work, and the opponents will know that we can't afford to be careless or arrogant when we're playing against England because we don't know how many tricks they have in their sleeves. And again, like I said, this is like a good declaration on the title race for the Qatar World Cup. Yeah, I mean, well, that's it. Like, let's say if you would have asked me when the game was one nil, two nil. Seeing Harry Kane not on the score sheet, being like involved, but mm-hmm. not in involved in like in I believe his first assist was assist was either for the third or fourth goal, but for the first two he was still like 
playing actively in the midfield, further forward, not necessarily a false nine, but still not being a, a complete striker in the, in that sense. Him not being on the score sheet at first got me a bit anxious, even if he was doing other things. Now I've seen so many quality goals from so many other players. I think this benefits us in the long run because, like you say, in the Euros and the World Cup, everything was flowing towards Kane. So if you looked at the defences teams were putting out, it was man-marking him, Mm -hmm. putting two men on him so he couldn't really do anything, knowing full well that he was where our main threat was. I'd still say as you know, the current top scorer of the team, he is still a major threat. But now you know if he's there and you've got Bukayo Saka to one side, you've got Phil Foden to one side, whatever it is playing off him, you know you have to be very, very careful. And that can only be a good thing going forward in this tournament. That's true. And uh, for the Netherlands and Senegal game, do you remember when we were talking about the opener, we said that um, Ecuador, they have solid defense, which may work well in the game against um, Senegal. because And now Senegal, <laughs> last night, I could see that they were faster. They were actually faster and stronger and more aggressive than the Netherlands. I think before the first goal, they actually created more opportunities than the Netherlands. But then one mm-hmm. counter-strike, they trailed. The other counter-strike, the, the game was over. Maybe this is a sign that, say, when you're playing Ecuador, maybe they don't have the same defense as the Netherlands, but Senegal should really watch out for the, the opponent's counter-strike when they, say, uh, invest all of their players in the front field for attacking. Yeah, definitely. It was a, it was a weird game because, it, you know, you never like to see games be nil-nil for this long, but it was a very weird one in the sense of, they both seem to be good at moving the ball. Mm-hmm. That when you got to the position where you can do something with it, once you got to, you know, directly outside the box, they were just fumbling it completely. And I know that um, that, that Senegal is missing Sadio Mane, but you have like Ismail Assar and Boaladia who are typically solid strikers anyway. And they just simply couldn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And But I think the thing which you're saying with the defense, I wouldn't necessarily say it was the defense that was the issue. Mm-hmm. It was the connection between Edward Mendy and the defense because True. the keeper is meant to be... like If you were to look at the Senegal lineup yesterday, it was like a back four or the way the Netherlands was a back five. Well, your keeper is meant to be like the central back six, back five, like the very last line of defense. And you could see he basically had no, like, no communication with Kaladu Kulubali or mm-hmm. anyone in front of him. So when it got towards the end, players are tired, players are fatigued. Uh, Gakpo, he'd been playing, if, like, he'd been solid in midfield, but I wouldn't have said he was, like, a threat. Then his goal was, like, what, 85th minute? Like, very close to the end. Mm-hmm. Frankie. Frankie de Jong kicks in a ball that's like just aimed into the box. Anybody's getting to the end of it. I'm not going to say it's an easy thing to figure out, but you could tell it was very much just a, this is in the air, get on it if you can, lads. If you can't, we'll try another attack. And whatever Mendy thought, he completely misjudged it. And the players directly in front of him had no idea what he was going to do next. So Cody Gakpo just ran through the middle and headed it in, caught everyone off guard. 
And then the second goal, which was like right at the end of that extra time, it was like a hundred minutes or something. Mm -hmm. Again, simply just got in behind the defense and just tapped it in. So it's one of those mistakes that does come about due to it being a World Cup. You don't have that much time to prepare, whatever. But it's somewhat inexcusable to have like zero communication between your keeper and your defense. And then for you very clearly to have had the team based around your star player, Sadio Mane, and then fumble this badly without it. I mean, you know, this Senegal team, I watched them win the African Cup of Nations. The Senegal team, I saw them go through the qualifiers to get to this point, beating Egypt in the final. They have won things within this calendar year. For them to arrive exactly as they have been for two previous tournaments lacking yes a major piece of magic but still like a fantastic lineup full of great players and for them to end up like this it's very 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 bad very bad omen for the rest of this tournament for them that's true and i think that's actually one of the decisive factors between african teams and european teams and maybe some of the uh, south american teams they're all uh, african players they're always talented they're passionate they, they're fast and strong and they can always attack and attacking the, the difference is that they sometimes they don't master their gifts they have a problem mm. like you said communicating between the goalkeeper and defenders or when the ball move to the front field it's always the last decisive pass that fumbled it's not it's like there's always something not clicking there for the african teams and that's what set them different set them apart from the real championship contenders and and a thing which i wonder as well is alu Cisse is their coach and he's mm. been their coach since you know I, in my mind he is just the senegal coach i couldn't tell you anyone else who's done it whereas every other team they will basically stick with a manager until the ideas run out yeah. the Victories run out and then swap him for someone new. I get the feeling that perhaps with Cisse, he's just been there too long. The team were ran out of ideas. They were repeatedly caught out by the Netherlands. They, the way they were set up, they were perfectly designed for overlaps on the wings with, you know, Van Dijk, Blint, De Jong out on the left, RK Dumfries, Bergwijs on the right. Even though it didn't work fully, because I think Van Dijk is just exhausted from all this Liverpool play. Mm -hmm. um, and Matthias De Ligt is not the player we thought he was, I am starting yeah. to suspect. I, either way, you know, it, it was one of those games where neither side was fully formed, but you could at least understand what the Netherlands were trying to do. And if they had more clinical strikers up front, you could see them doing really well. With Senegal, you have just felt like they were just so reliant on Sadio Mane that without him to be their, their guide, their lifeline, their striker, their everything, they just ran out of ideas and didn't know what to do next. Mm -hmm, that's true. And the uh, Wales and USA game, do you think the 90-minute uh, penalty by Bale means that though he's now playing in America, he still has what it takes to make a difference for his team at the World Cup and other you know major international tournaments? Uh, ab absolutely. I mean, I, I would, I'll have to try and find the statistics, or I should have found them before we did the podcast, because it looked to me like 
uh, Greg Berhalter for the U.S. had given his team whatever their tactics was. He'd given them like a special mission to be like, make sure Gareth Bale doesn't touch the ball mm. because it wasn't even a case of like, it was like both man marking and zonal marking on him to do everything they could to make sure he had no assists, no goals, no passes, no crosses, no possession, no anything. And then every time he did get the ball, you could see first touch, perfect vision, trying to get it to whoever was playing alongside, trying to get the ball clear, get the ball away from someone else, even though he is right up front in a in a striker position, you could see he was like the heartbeat of that team almost. And when he had the chance to make a difference, he got that penalty. He took it like professional. I think that 1-1 is a scoreline that I don't know if either team will be happy with now that they've seen the England scoreline because mm-hmm. I think now the thought has changed to, well, now US and Wales are playing for second place. Maybe they won't because I feel like the US is going to be the toughest game for England. I could see that being a draw. After everything I just said, I can still see it being a draw. They have such a good team, very solid manager. They play with a lot of heart. Um, Timothy Weir is living up to his father. Christian Pulisic is very much the American player in the Premier League. I think that entire country has been waiting for for a very long time. Um, so I think this 1-1 will be a problem for both sides, but I think the US are going to be the ones who come out of it the stronger. That is very likely. And I think what uh, USA did to Bale will definitely be at least double to Lionel Messi by Saudi Arabia tonight. Do yeah. You, yeah, last yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, the build-up to that game... You would think, I mean, based on the TV that I've seen, the discussions on the podcasts I've listened to, you would almost think this is like not a final, but the concern and the interest people have on this Argentina-Saudi Arabia game is so far significantly higher than anything else I've seen so far from a first round game. I'd say it's because it's the biggest team, but we've had US, Netherlands, England so far. This feels very much to me like the entire world is expecting Argentina to reach the final and the pressure already. Yes, they're lucky at Saudi Arabia, but if it was someone else, I'd be very concerned. That's true. I'd be very concerned. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think if, say, you're uh, playing for a non-top five or non-top ten teams and you're playing against Argentina, it's not a final. You play it like the mm-hmm. final. Yeah. And I thank yeah. you so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon tomorrow. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye bye.